Create something of value that your competitors can't replicate. With Barry Adams from Pomic Digital. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Barry, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? Yeah, it's, it's hard to stand out nowadays in a very crowded internet where everybody is doing the exact same thing over and over and over. So it is about finding something that sets you apart from your competitors and your rivals, something that um, makes you different and, and attaches people to your brand. I'll give an example. I work with a lot of news publishers and news is a bit of a commodity nowadays. You can read news everywhere. And uh, for my UK uh, clients, for example, they ask me, how can we compete with the BBC? Because the BBC is everywhere. And my answer is don't compete with the BBC because the BBC does what they do very, very well. They produce neutral toned news at a, a huge scale. And you can't replicate that. You don't want to replicate that. You have to find a different angle and present your content in a way that uh, differentiates you from the BBC. Maybe it's it's a certain tone of voice that you like to adopt. Maybe it's a slightly different perspective on, on the current affairs. Maybe it's covering things that the BBC doesn't necessarily cover. And I think you can extrapolate that to pretty much any industry out there. It's about creating something that uh, your competitors can't replicate, that is unique to you, to your business, to 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 your corporate personality, if you will, that makes you so, stand out, that makes you, you know, gives you something that, that sets you apart. How do you actually determine what that different thing should be? Do you build personas and uh, try and create content for your personas? Do you do some customer research? Do you just decide internally? Do you look at the SERP, something else? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, that can be very hard to define. I think some companies find it very easy because they have a bit of an internal persona. They have a bit of a personality as a business. And it's about translating that personality to content on their website and on, on their social media channels that engages with the audience. And you, you don't want to necessarily force that too much. You know, if a company like Vodafone is suddenly starting to go all cool and hip and hanging out with the kids, that just does not jive. It has to be authentic or at least appear to be authentic to, to what you do as, as a business. Um, I have seen some companies specifically create sub-brands for that purpose. You'd be surprised to know who actually owns some of the brands that you think are really cool and hip. They, they often are spin-off brands from big established companies, specifically so they can adopt that sort of a persona. Uh, with other companies, it comes very naturally. Like I said, Red Bull as an energy drink company is something they don't have to, to struggle about. That. They didn't, they're not worried, but they have that built into their DNA. They've always been that sort of a, of a business. Um, uh, a company I work with here locally is, is a company that makes fitness and gym equipment. They sort of have that personality built in as well. They, they, they have a certain way they approach the market as a small player in a very crowded big field. And they do things their own way and they, it comes with a certain level of personality. Uh, I, I think it's very easy to sort of get lost in, like we said, building personas and doing that market research. But the problem with that is that you end up with sort of recommendations based on stereotypes, which don't necessarily always accurately reflect who the people in your, your actual market are. And what I said before, that, that artificial personality you can then adopt to try and tap into those stereotypes. So you have to be a bit wary about that and more try and see what, what we are like as a company rather than, than trying to fit what your, your market is trying to do. So, so you look at your own business as, and, and 
try to determine what you want to achieve as a business. I think nowadays we've sort of reached a, a stage where corporations are expected to be more than just, you know, pure personality vacuums and, and, and pure capitalist enterprises. They should have a bit of a purpose, a social purpose, an uh, uh, environmental purpose. Uh, and, you know, it's about trying to be confident as a business to, to adopt that purpose and use that as your, out, uh, your external personality in, in everything you do. And in SEO and content, that's just one aspect, one facet of that. Great. I, I love your examples there as well. We're talking about Red Bull as well. And also talking about the fact that some companies start different brands. Um, you mentioned Vodafone there. And um, sticking with the tele- telecoms example, um, O2 own GIFGAF. And GIFGAF are certainly targeting you know, a very youthful or, or different demographic than O2 are. So great example there as well. One other thing you touched upon was the fact that um, the internet has meant that um, people almost have to have an opinion or um, can bringing up individual um, individuals um, to promote a brand. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, if, if you work in an organization and you've got hundreds of people, if not more, working for you, but so most people are very silent on social media, how do you actually encourage more people within the organization to be better promoters of that brand? I, I think yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think employees should be obliged to do that. I think you know, some a lot of employees just want to go do their work, uh, do the 95 and go back home. And I think that's fine. I don't think companies should necessarily always try to encourage employees to be more than just employees. Uh, but there will always be a few leaders in that organization. Every organization has leaders and they don't have to necessarily be managers or people on the board or anything like that. Leaders are people who take ownership of specific things, who who carry forth a certain message. And they, they can be just executive level, low level employees as well as mid-term and high-term managers. Um, and I think it's important that business listens to those leaders because those leaders set the corporate personality and the corporate culture within an organization. Um, and sometimes you find out those leaders may not necessarily be the right fit for your company, in which case you have a different problem to solve and they may, might have to do some, some sort of internal culture exercise to see what you actually want to be as a business because you don't necessarily want to let those people run unchecked. Um, and on the other end of that, as a company, you know you will have people who, who represent you on social media who are very active on social media, who have a very strong voice. Uh, and that voice can be a boon, a benefit to your business because it aligns with what you as a company want to do. But they can also do something that you don't want them to do. Um, politics is very polarizing nowadays. And I, I have to admit, I have a bit of a nuanced perspective on that in that I don't necessarily think that companies should always be activist companies. I think it's okay for a company to not be political. I think you can have a corporate personality without having a political stance on, on social issues of, of the current day. Um, and I think it's okay as a company that you draw those boundaries, that you say, right, as, as a business, we have a certain personality, we have a certain culture that we want to promote. That makes us unique from other companies who do the same thing, but within certain boundaries. And you see that happening with something like Basecamp, for example, who made a very strong position and said, right, we're not going to talk politics. We can talk about issues that affect us directly as a business. We can talk about regulation in IT and, and the internet, for example, but we're not going to be internally talking about politics 
uh, left wing versus right wing and all that stuff. And there was a big backlash against that. But at the time, I thought, and I still think, that's actually, you know, fairly brave of them and probably the right thing to do. They knew exactly what their position and, and personality as a company was, and they knew what they didn't want it to become. So they drew that line in the sand. They made it very clear to all their employees where that line was. And, and some of them disagreed and left the company, but others felt almost relieved to say, okay, now, now we know where, what we can do, what we can't do, and, and what we can have our, our company culture focus on and what we can't have it focus on. And it's probably an exercise that a lot of companies should be doing so that they don't run into that problem later down the line when they suddenly discover the company has morphed into something which a lot of employees don't recognize anymore. And you, you sort of see it with, with corporate cultures gone bad, like in Enron, where fraud and deceit was part and parcel of the company culture, because that's what they've been doing for decades, because they never took that step of looking at themselves and say, what do we want to become? And is that the right thing to do? The company just grew out of bounds and, and you know, sort of leading by example in the wrong direction, because nobody was actually monitoring what was happening with the business. So brands... Brand value is very, very important. But how do you go about selecting the type of content that's likely to resonate with your target market? Um, should it be long form? Should it be video based? Should it be something else? How should you actually go about launching your piece of content? I think a lot of that is trial and error. Um, you'd be surprised sometimes about what works and what doesn't work. I was surprised myself. I'll give an example from my own experience. Um, I, I work with news publishers. And, you know, I have strong opinions on news and publishing and how Google uh, works in the news ecosystem. Uh, a couple of years ago, Donald Trump was tweeting about how Google News was biased against him. And I thought, hey, that's, that's me. That, that's my purview. That's what I do. I wrote a detailed 2,500 word blog post about potential bias in Google's news algorithms, how it might impact on what they show and what, what, what it doesn't show. And I was really proud of that piece of work. I published it literally within a day of Donald Trump making uh, those accusations, and it fell quite flat. It didn't really get any traction. And that surprised me because I thought this is this taps into my target market. This is what people want to read. Uh, you know, this is this is what I do as, as a consultant. This is me as a business. So that was the lesson one. And a couple of weeks later, I got triggered again by something that happened. This time it was Google uh, sending out announcements about uh, accelerated mobile pages via Search Console, where people thought, where Google thought that the AMP version of an article didn't match up to um, the, the real version of an article. And that triggered me to write a very angry blog post about Google AMP. And it, I titled it, Google AMP can go to hell. And that really was just more therapy for me. It was just me getting something out of my system that made me angry at that particular point. I had no real expectations for it. I thought maybe a few people on Twitter who share my opinion might, might like it and share it, but that was about it. And that post went mental, that went viral. It got posted on Hacker News, it went viral on Reddit. It crashed my hosting for a short period of time. Mm. It's made me upgrade to a better hosting package. So that was a lesson learned as well. And for a long time, it ranked first for very high value search terms and even ranked first for a while for what is Google App until Google decided that that obviously wasn't the greatest piece of content to rank for that. Uh, but even now it still ranks in the top five for a lot of AMP related uh, search queries. Um, so that surprised me and it sort of told me that people expect that contrarianism to a certain extent for me, which I've always done. That's sort of always been part and parcel of what I do. I named my business Polemic Digital as a polemic, someone who argues, someone who, who construes an argument. So that 
really was an educational experience, both for myself as a business and for what I can advise my clients to do. It's, it's just, you know, try stuff out, see what resonates and what doesn't resonate. And sometimes you'd be surprised about what works and what doesn't work. Um, be it video content, long form content, even the type of content you produce in terms of is it educational, is it inspirational, is it argumentative? And and you sometimes be surprised about what actually gains traction in your target market and what makes people uh, resonate with your business and the stuff that is just wasted effort that, that you know, bleeds into the vacuum that nobody ever pays attention to. Can you formalize this trying out process? Can you say, okay, um, every single week I'm going to have one article that um, isn't got any specific targets. I'm just going to write something that is from the heart. Probably not, to be entirely honest, because that's that would be artificial again. You know, I think you can have a content calendar, of course, and, and have a, a structure to how you produce content. But there needs to be flexibility built into that where, you know, you can react to stuff that happens. And as long as it comes from the heart, and that's what I, I hark back to what I said earlier about having that corporate personality and trying not to make it too artificial. It, it has to actually mean something to the people who are in charge of that content and, and who represent your business to to the, to the external audience because um, if somebody has to write an argumentative post about an argument they don't really believe in or they don't have any stake in it's not going to have the same impact is it, it it's going to feel artificial it's 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 probably going to feel like a pr stunt rather than something that is genuine and meant from the heart and it also means you have to be open to taking a risk as a business you have to be open to sometimes getting the wrong message out there because you say it from the heart and with emotion and that doesn't always resonate in the right way or the way you intend it and i think companies need to maybe be a little bit more open to that sort of a risk uh, because i think too many companies they see this this whole shenanigans on social media these twitter storms that happen uh, you know when people get offended by something and just they totally heap onto be it a person or a business and they said well that can never happen to us and they become very insulated and monolithical and bland and um that's the thing you know there's so many bland companies because they don't want to run that risk by doing that by taking that risk you will automatically stand out you will you will very easily set yourself apart from your competitors and it's okay to court a little bit of controversy Again, I'll hark back to the Basecamp example. They got hammered on social media for adopting that no politics position. And they had a few uh, clients, you know, cancel their contracts, but they've gained many more clients off the back of it because clients were like, yeah, fair enough. And it built their uh, reputation in the industry as a politically neutral uh, organization that anybody can work with and probably gave their name a bit of a boost after it sort of fell a bit in the wayside with all the other uh, technology startups. So... You know, it's about having that confidence to step outside of your comfort zone as a company, take those risks, learn from your mistakes, because you will make mistakes, but grow as a business and be more more open and honest about what you are and what you're not as a company. Okay. So if an SEO is listening to you and thinking, you're right, we need to take more risks. We need to create more things that our competitors can't replicate, but they're really struggling for time. What's one thing that an SEO will typically be doing just now that they're probably doing on autopilot and they need to stop doing in order to spend more time doing what you suggest? Yeah, I've already touched upon those content calendars uh, and those standard plans that people have, those monthly checklists that they do, be it a white one blog post a week or call the site and fix your internal redirects and, you know, make sure every page has a proper title tag. 
a lot of that is just treading water or just total waste of effort and resources that has no meaningful impact on the website's performance in search. The big impact stuff is the difficult stuff. And that's what you should spend your, your effort and your resources on. And not just the, 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 the what they call uh, feeling busy stuff. You know, the feeling busy things that, that make you feel good. Oh, we fixed these redirects or we've written another blog post. But that doesn't really do anything. It doesn't actually improve the website. It doesn't improve any traffic. You need to put those things in context. You know, yes, you need to write content, but make sure it's great content that's actually worth reading. Yes, the website needs to be technically sound, but those last two dozen internal redirects, nobody gives a shit. Google doesn't care about those either. Uh, you know, fix on the stuff that actually has has impact, that actually moves the needle. Great stuff. You can find Barry Adams over at polemicdigital.com. Barry, thanks so, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thank you for having me, David. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. <laughs>